Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. As always, don't forget to screenshot this or take an aesthetic pic. Put the screenshot in the pic. Take an aesthetic boomerang of you listening or watching on your TV, in your car. Post on your story. Tag me. I love seeing who listens, who's tuning in. And thank you so much to everyone who reposted last week. Last week's episode did really well, so I guess y'all liked the content. Thank you so much to everyone for being here with me today. Um, so I'm super excited about today because, yeah, we got a lot to dig into. Um, I just feel like the topics keep coming to me every week. There's just something I have to discuss with you guys. But first of all, how are y'all doing? How was your week? How was last weekend with the full moon eclipse in Scorpio? Dude, it was definitely intense energy and air and like, I don't know, it just felt so much different than like a couple weeks before like right before mercury mercury retrograde started and like the full moon for me did not sync up with my period but it definitely synced up with it was definitely in sync with like me starting pms week so like the beginning of this month for me was like ovulation week i was like yes starting the month off strong and now we're just kind of like in the i'm fucking annoyed stage so let me know about you um i asked on instagram what how people were affected by the full moon and a girl said she actually went into labor on the full moon so congrats to her and yeah it's just crazy how much the moon can affect us i feel like especially as women we have a lot of good topics today but i feel like they're all kind of under the same umbrella of relationships dating dynamics hookup culture um and everything like that first i just wanted to talk about some red flags because i Asked, we had a little talk on Instagram last week about like red flags. I think one guy replied. <laughs> so, dude, you, okay, side note, you know what's so funny? And I think I made a TikTok about this. I don't know if I ever posted it on my Instagram. Maybe I should, but it's so funny to me when like, when any man follows me, but especially like dudes I know or like someone I will meet out and they're like, oh, let me follow you. And it's like, they just expect, I don't know what they expect. I don't. It's like, you're just getting all the content. When I was reposting all of these like red flags that girls, like things that girls thought of as red flags about guys, like are the guys that watch my story, like are they actually reading this and like absorbing it or are they just like clicking through and like aren't paying attention? Let me know also. I put in my bio like, oh, your virtual big sis bestie. Like, is that cringy? Because I put that in my bio to hopefully deter men from following me. So like, they'll see like, this is not a page you follow to like, see my ass. Like this is like a page for the girls and gays and theys. But I'm kind of, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, it was just like cringy. Like, let me know. It's like, don't follow me if you're just a random man. Like, don't, like I'll, ugh. Anyway, red flags in dating. Let's go through some of them. I guess before we get started with reading these, I want to ask you guys, because I feel like some of these are kind of like icks rather than red flags. 
So I want to ask you guys, what do you think the difference between an ick and a red flag is? Because a lot of the icks that I see TikToks about or, you know, just that people will post about, a lot of them I just don't relate to. And I feel like it was a big trend like last year. Like, I feel like every video I was seeing was just about icks. Um, but things like, oh, if you, <laughs> if you have a crush on him and you want to get over your crush, just think about him standing in line somewhere. Isn't that so embarrassing and cringy? Like, ew. <laughs> and I think the idea is to remove them off of a pedestal and to think of them of a normal person. Think of them as a normal person. But like, if I think about something that I, someone that I have a crush on or someone that I like, like imagining them putting on socks or waiting in line. If anything, certain things are like endearing. There were a lot of videos after that kind of ick trend, like ladies, if every single little thing a man does is like grossing you out, you might just not be attracted to men. But if you continually find yourself like just grossed out at, a, at the thought of like a man doing basic human things, like I think you just need to like, <laughs> maybe check in with yourself. So let's just go through some of these red flags from the more serious ones to the not and you can see if you relate to them and let's just discuss and leave yours down below if you didn't get a chance to submit it in my IG Q&A. Something that was submitted a lot is still talks to their ex regularly. I'm Literally these were all submitted in a row. Still talks to their ex regularly, a man with a girl best friend, and talking about their ex too much. These are all a little different and I feel like it just depends on the person so for example or like the situation so for example talking about your ex too much i feel like usually i think we can pretty much all agree that's typically a sign they're not over the last relationship because i just think about myself like if there's someone new that i'm actually interested in i'm not i don't even want to talk about you know an ex or like anyone i've talked to in the past you know because i'm like so excited about this you know <laughs> Men can use you in a lot of ways, you know? Men can use you physically, they can use you emotionally. So if they just got out of a relationship and all they talk about to you is their ex and not even necessarily how much they miss their ex, but just like always talking about her or them, it's like, are you just using me to kind of have someone to talk to? I have definitely experienced this. Dude, it was so shocking. I was signed with this like agency, like an influencer agency and they had me meet this other influencer who was a guy like in hopes that we would collab or something i don't even know like how that got set up but we basically went to get coffee and just like me i don't know it was weird like now looking back i'm like i don't know if i would do that now like <laughs> it was weird i if this is my first time meeting this man and immediately he starts talking about his ex telling me way too much personal information about her about their relationship like what and then ever i think we i don't know if we ever officially collabed but we would hang out like from time to time and just like i don't know kind of just talk about work stuff every single time that's all he would talk about so i definitely feel like that's like a red flag and especially if you're dating someone like he and i were not dating i do not think he was interested in me i was not interested in him but it's just like i'm a stranger and that's all you're talking about. So especially if you're like supposedly interested in someone that, and that's all you're talking about. It's like, I just think it's a sign in yourself or even if like you find you're always talking about your ex or someone that you used to talk to, like even just to your friends, to your mom, to your sibling. 
I think it's just a sign that like you're not over it and like you need to process that, you know? So I definitely think it, it is a red flag. Like that's a red flag in yourself. Like I'm not over this person. So yes, um, still talk to their ex regularly. Again, this depends on the situation. I would say go with your gut. Because why, why are you talking to your ex? And it's like, yeah, in an ideal world, you could actually remain friends with someone and just have it be completely platonic. And, you know, there's a lot of blended families where, you know, these two people might have kids together, but they're not together. And then these people are together, but they have, they have a kid together. So the family comes together and obviously you're going to talk like... And it works out because everyone's mature and like is able to deal with the situation you know, for the kids and whatever, but like, other than, I don't know, I just say go with your gut. <laughs> a man with a girl best friend, this also, it could be a red flag, but it also could be, oh, he sees women as people and he's able to have women in his life platonically and he doesn't just see women as objects or as someone that can do something for him, like his mom, you know? Um, so again, go with your gut, but I think the main Thing to keep in mind for yourself when dealing with anything like this or like oh if he follows a bunch of girls on instagram that was also something something that got submitted a lot is just evaluating your own trust in your partner because if you if your man follows girls on instagram or likes girls pictures i think normally what comes up for a lot of women is like oh he's He's going to cheat on me with one of these girls. He's talking to one of these girls. He's entertaining them. And it's like, if you don't trust your partner and you don't trust that they can like follow someone or whatever, follow a girl and not have anything really to do with her. It's like, why are you with them? Because it's completely valid if like you don't trust them. Then it's like, why are you pursuing a relationship or continuing a relationship with someone that you don't trust? Or like if he has a girl best friend and you just like, it really bothers you and you don't trust the fact that they can hang out platonically or whatever it's like why are you with this person i think the most important thing with any kind of red flag is like bringing it back to yourself and how you feel and going from there rather than trying to get in someone else's mind and like control what they're doing i think in a lot of instances that kind of just sets you up for an unhealthy relationship because you're not putting your own needs first you're sacrificing your own needs and feelings for the relationship and then therefore the relationship is not built on what you actually want so it's going to fail another one that was submitted quite a few times is men that don't have any male friends um and then someone said i will not be your only support system if someone is unable to keep close relationships in their life not like, oh, it's such a red flag, they're such a bad person, but it's like, there's probably something going on there, and it's just like, do you really want to be a part of that? I feel like in a lot of male friendships, they're not often, like, emotionally intimate with each other, because that's just how our world is, like, set up, you know? Like, boys don't cry, I'm not going to tell my bros that I love them necessarily, you know, we're not actually going to talk about how we feel, we're just going to talk about, like, stuff... Um, you know, the classic like TikTok, I just saw, I, I don't know if I re, if this is one I had seen before, but I just saw it the other day, like, you know, the, the husband or the boyfriend gets home from hanging out with his bros and the girl's like, oh, like, did you hear about like this guy and his wife? Like, I heard they were getting a divorce. Like, did you talk about it? And he's like, no, <laughs> like, well, what about like this guy and his family member? Did you guys talk about that? He's like, no, 
And she's like, all this stuff, all this tea. And she's like, no, we didn't talk about that. And it's like, what did you talk about this? Um, so if a guy doesn't even have like that, doesn't even have like male friends to do activities with, I feel like often it's like just a sign that he just can't really like have any sort of like emotional intimacy in any capacity. And yeah, like just to rely on your girlfriend or your wife to be everything. That's just like a lot. Okay, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Someone said, when you ask what their job is and they don't ask you what yours is. Okay, I've heard so much, mostly from guys online, that's like, oh, it's such a red flag if someone asks what your job is. If a woman asks what your job is. I don't know, maybe it's just like a an LA big city thing. But like, people ask me what I do all the time, including men and like, I feel like I will ask back and never get a bad reaction because I, I don't know. Again, maybe it's like an LA thing. Like people want to network. People want to know what you do. But yeah, I feel like every time I ask that, especially a man, like it's just so I can like get a feel for his vibe. Cause if someone's like, Oh yeah, I'm like, I run my own company dealing with like recyclable plastic. <laughs> versus like oh I'm a musician and like I do this both those things are going to kind of influence your personality and just the type of person you are and what you're interested in and everything like that so like I don't know I feel like at least for the most part when people ask that question it's just to kind of get a feel for like you and your vibe and like what does your everyday look like and like I don't know you I'm trying to get to know you like I don't ask that question like how much money do you make I'm a gold digger. It's like, and so as a man, if you're thinking, if you're getting offended by that question, like you probably just aren't really secure in your career, I feel. But I wish this girl like elaborated more on like why this would be a red flag. But maybe it's just because like it shows that they don't really care about you and your interests. You know, and isn't it just funny how so many people can have a different perception on a question. But yeah, do you guys think it's rude to ask someone what they do for a living in the right context? I've heard so many people say it's like rude like oh it's usually men too like oh they're just like trying to decide how to treat you it's like I I mean maybe some people ask with that kind of intention but like I feel like often it's just like they don't know you and they want to get to know you anyway that's just me I don't get I never get offended when people ask that sometimes I don't want to talk about what I do like depending on the circumstance but like just lie. It's fine. Okay I'm an account I'm an accountant I work in marketing I always say that like if I don't want to like talk to someone and they ask me what I do I'm just like yeah I'm like in marketing like I just work with different brands and it's like it's true I don't know I feel like these days I just don't really care that I'm like yeah I'm a, I will literally say I'm a TikToker even though TikTok is not my main platform but the, I'm just like I don't care a lot of people also submitted guys with snapchat or guys asking you for your snapchat instead of your number in this day and age yes do people still use snapchat like the younger generation like if you're in i don't know if any people in high school listen to this but if you're in high school do you guys use snapchat snapchat came out when i was like a freshman in high school or something and that's why my snapchat username is cool kids swag because because everyone was getting snapchat everyone kept telling me to get snapchat and i resisted for a long time and then i was like okay fine like and I'll make it cool kid swag because like, oh my God, I'm such a cool kid with like swag. If I have Snapchat, like it's supposed to be funny. Those days of Snapchat were tea. Like you, there was no stories. You could just snap pictures and videos. I don't think you could even text on Snapchat at that time. 
and it sh- would show everyone's like best friend. So it would be so much tea. Like you knew who everyone at school was talking to or who everyone at school was talking to. Like it was so much tea. You know what I was thinking is like, you know, when you go to send someone a post on Instagram and it shows like your top people, that's kind of like the new best friends of Snapchat low key, even though you can't see other people's it's like tea. Um, but yeah, if you're a grown adult, like this man who I know this man is 30 years old and he asked me if I had snap. I was like, no, I don't. I do not communicate on Snapchat. Like <laughs> I don't. I use Snapchat for memories, like to save and for the one year ago. I do not and the only way I'm talking to someone on Snapchat is snapping my sister, sending my friend a one year ago or two years ago thing where they were in it. Like that's it. I'm not adding people on Snapchat in 2022 as a 24 year old. <laughs> So yeah, guys with Snapchat, they just remind me of like cheating. Like you're cheating on your wife or your girlfriend. If they're rude to their mom, but also if they love their mom too much. Facts. Can't stand a mama's boy. Like, (laughs) and it's just, it kind of gets into that like emotional incest. Like when a mom is so obsessed with her son and it's like, that's your son. That's not your man. That's not the man of the house. <laughs> um, yeah, anyone... Dude, this is the thing. I feel like when you're first thinking about, like, the type of partner you want or even the types of friendships you want, it's like, yes, I want someone who has, like, loving relationships with their parents, who just has their life together. I don't know. You want someone who's healthy, who's good, who hasn't gone through anything crazy in their life, like, traumatizing. But I think the thing is, like, it's just about whether or not someone has healed someone who has confronted their issues and someone who is like willing to i guess put in the work the emotional work to like overcome things because you could have someone who like oh has never had anything fucked up happen to them oh they have both their parents in their lives they have healthy relationships with their parents but they could still be like fucked up somehow (laughs) versus like you could have someone maybe Maybe they used to, like, have a really bad relationship with their mom or something. But then, like, if they've done work to overcome that, and it's like, okay, maybe their mom isn't really in their life, but, like, they've healed from whatever wound was, like, caused from that. It's like, I feel like that's a lot better than, like, oh, I've never had to go through anything. I'm just going to read a few more. But another one that was submitted a lot is when he spends more time talking about himself than getting to know you, especially on a first date. And just things along those lines, like always talking about themselves, etc. Yes, I hate a self-involved person. I can't do it, whether it's dating, friendships. If you consider yourself to be a good listener, it's very easy to attract people who only want to talk about themselves because you're their perfect audience. You're going to be a great involved listener. So just learning how to shut it down and take up space. I mean, hopefully it's just like learn how to not even deal with it or attract those people, but... Learning how to take up space, how to keep talking if someone interrupts you, and how to say, I'm talking, don't interrupt. All very powerful skills, especially as women dating men. But yeah, it's like shocking. I think I was talking about it last week. But more men need to be shamed and bullied into being good people because, yeah, it was the last episode because I was talking about entitlement and just how some men like are so entitled and just walk around being so rude to everyone rude to waiters, rude to everyone. <laughs> and I'm, I think I was saying in that, like, 
if I did that, you know how many people would be on my ass? Like, my friends, my family, they'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, um, and I feel like a lot of times men are can get away with things like that more. But, um, yeah, more men need to be bullied and shamed into being good people. Having a little respect for those around them. This is a good one. When they don't stand up for you when someone is talking down on you in front of them. Not only is it, like, hurtful when you don't feel like someone has your back, it's like... You know, it definitely shows what kind of person they are, even if it's like they're not doing it out of harm, but it's like maybe they're just a little more passive and they're scared to speak up. So it's just kind of, again, good to reflect yourself. Like, do I want someone like that? Like, do I want someone who's more passive or do I want someone who's a little more assertive and who's going to be willing to fight for me? It's just like good things to keep in mind. There was like still a lot of good ones, but I don't just want to like read all of these. And I did post a lot of these on IG. So make sure you follow me and watch my stories because there's a lot of extra comment comments, content on there on the daily. But yeah, I think one more thing I want to add to this is just keep in mind when dating, especially in those early stages of dating, but really throughout, you know, even if you're dating someone for like a year or a couple years, there's always like different layers of people to uncover. And you know, they say you don't really know someone until you live with them, until you travel with them, until you, there's money involved. And that's really when people's true intentions come out. But I feel like a lot of the times I've gotten hurt because I've not even been too invested, but I guess I was too... Let's just use the word invested for lack of a better word. Too invested in the person that they displayed early on. And then, you know, when the red flag started to come out or they started to act different or basically show their true colors, their true intentions, like that's when I got hurt because I had different expectations. So I think, again, especially in those early stages of dating and getting to know someone, but it really can last like a while. There's always like new things to discover about someone, which is exciting, but also it's like you just, you know, for them, again, until you travel, live together, money, etc. Um... I think just being open to learning about a person and not putting expectations on it. Like, well, the first date, they were this amazing gentleman and they did everything right, said everything right. They were like the perfect person. But then the next date, they were flaky. They only talked about themselves, this, that. It's like, there's always layers to uncover and you'll just save yourself a lot of heartache and time if you're just willing to let someone show themselves and again just kind of be curious rather than like oh my god well the first date was amazing and I believe in love at first sight so I know that that's who they really are and I just I'm going to keep waiting for them to be that first person (laughs) babe you're just going to end up wasting your time and as far as red flags go I think I've said this before but your first impression of someone like the first vibe that you get is for me at least it's always been accurate and i just sometimes have to really think back to like the first time i laid my eyes on this person the first time they entered the room and i noticed them and even like friendships like and just thinking about my perspective of them like maybe it could even be before you've ever spoken but at least for me it's always been correct even if like okay i kind of had a weird feeling like oh they're kind of something's off about them but then We go on to talk and, oh, they're actually fine. Or, like, we go on to hang out. We go on to date. We go on a date. We go on a couple dates. And then, like, oh, well, maybe I was wrong. But then it's, like, 
the truth always comes out like who they actually are that first initial feeling i had when they were in my presence like that was the right that was correct so i think also especially in those first stages of dating or when you first meet someone like writing down exactly how they made you feel there was this guy and like the first time we met and we're texting it's like we met out and then we were texting i left and we were texting the whole rest of the night and I was just kind of texting with him, like, to fuck with him, because he was, like, he just, I was getting a weird vibe over text. And I was like, it seems like, like, he wasn't really answering any of my questions, and, like, he just had this weird, it was just weird. So I was just, like, like, fucking around, like, <laughs> just, like, being funny, and, you know, we'd both been drinking, so it was, like, whatever. But I just remember noticing, like, something's weird. But then, I think the next day we FaceTimed or something, and I was like, oh, he seems normal, actually. We went on a date. Literally after that first, the date was amazing. I was like, wow, like this guy just seems so cool and normal. After that date, the weird vibe came back and it was like 100%. Like every message, every text convo, he had that weird vibe. And it was, I cut it off because I was like, this is like weird. Like weird in the sense of like he's hiding something. Like it, I, I never found out, so I don't know. But it was like the vibe of like he has a girlfriend or like a family or something. I was like, bro, I should have, like, trusted that initial feeling of, like, something's off. Like, he's hiding something. He's not really answering any of my questions. And while I noticed that, I just kind of brushed it off because I'm like, well, he's out. He's still out. Like, he's probably just, like, drinking. Like, I don't know. Whatever. And then the date was so good. Seemed so good that I was like, oh, maybe I was just tripping. You're never just tripping. Trust your gut instinct. <laughs> Let me know your favorite red flags down below. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about some interesting statistics I found regarding dating and attractiveness, specifically on dating apps. So I found this TikTok. I will link it down below, but I'm just going to play it for you guys. It's from Michaela Peterson. Most men find most women to be at least somewhat attractive. In contrast, women on average view 80% of men as below average in attractiveness. Another study found that on the dating app Tinder, men liked more than 60% of the female profiles they viewed, while women liked only 4.5% of male profiles. I didn't realize that 80% of men as below average. That's quite yeah, off. It is because, you know, you would think like 50%, right? It's sort of like 50% above and 50% below, but to have 80% rated below is pretty great. Because of the increased risk women carry, they tend to be choosier about their partners. In contrast, men are less discerning. Studies of online dating, for example, find that... That was it. <laughs> really cut off. Okay. So I looked up these studies. I couldn't find the second one regarding Tinder, but the 80% of men being unattractive was a study. It was an OkCupid study so as you can see on the screen if you're watching this i will put the graph um but this says as you can see from the gray line women rate an incredible 80 percent of guys as worse looking than medium very harsh on the other hand when it comes to actual messaging women shift their expectations only just slightly ahead of the curve which is a healthier pattern than guys pursuing the all but attainable but with the basic rating so out of whack the two curves together suggest some strange possibilities for the female thought process this little paragraph is giving me a man was salty. The average looking woman has convinced herself that the vast majority of males aren't good enough for her, but then she goes right out and messages them anyway. And then the actual article. That last bit seems like a stretch. Women could just as well have more interest in a man's personality and profile than his photo, but an interesting trend nonetheless. So I would love to hear your initial thoughts about this. Do you think 80% of men are below average in attractiveness? Then I found another article titled why do women have the upper hand on tinder 
And this says, why is Tinder so imbalanced? While, is it, while it has been common knowledge that women have had an easier time on the app, this data provides important proof to back up the anecdotes. The simplest explanation is basic supply and demand. Men use dating apps more than women. 70% of active American Tinder users are male. This result is a large number of men fighting over a comparably small pool of women, which allows women to choose potential matches very carefully. Meanwhile, men with profiles that are less attractive are left high and dry. So this is super interesting because if you listened a few episodes back, I was talking about the book Datonomics. I was kind of talking about how I would not recommend the book, but the <laughs> I wouldn't. But the general premise of the book is that there dating for women is hard these days because there are more eligible women than men. But this article seems to claim the opposite in terms of dating apps. Because there's less women using dating apps and more women are found attractive by men than men to women, women are at an advantage because the guys are scrambling for the women because of supply and demand. Men's worth in society is not primarily judged off of their appearance, where as a woman, your worth is in your looks. For men, it's like their money, their status, their career. But, you know, patriarchally speaking, for women, it's our looks. It's how socially acceptable we can look. It's how beautiful we can be, how sexy we can be, how much we can appeal to men. And we're very good at it. So on dating apps, which, you know, people are judging us primarily on our photos, of course there's going to be more eligible women than men because women have been taught we've been taught our whole lives that our worth is in our looks we can make ourselves look very attractive we know how to take photos we can just look very good in photos and we know how to appeal to men whereas men haven't really had to put as much pressure on themselves they haven't experienced as much pressure from society to look good based on their looks so on an app primarily based on looks and photos of course they're going to fall short because they haven't been trained their whole lives to appeal to women just by using their looks. And I think most of us can relate. You know, if we go into a bar, if we go to a club, if we just walk on the street, we're so much more likely to see multiple beautiful women than a hot man. <laughs> like if I see a hot man, it's like an event. I said that in the previous podcast. But seeing like an attractive, a physically attractive man, I know nothing about him. We could just be passing each other on the street. It's like an event. I text multiple of my friends. I'm like, I just saw this really hot guy. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to see beautiful women. They're everywhere. Like, duh. So I think that's probably one of the main reasons. I don't think it's that this, you know, the little paragraph that they included in this article, which is from another post, but like, oh, the average looking woman just thinks she's too good for a man. It's like, no, men just don't know how to appeal to women, I think, in their photos. Men think they know what women want because, you know, in... Mainstream media, you know, think rom-coms, think People magazine, most sexiest man alive. I think those are the examples men often look to or absorb when thinking like, what do women find attractive? You know, oh, I need to have the biggest muscles. I need to like just be super masculine and like, oh, I need to have a, a photo of myself with a fish because that's so masculine. <laughs> and it's like most women don't really find that attractive. So a lot of men are trying to fit this image that they of what they think women want when really that's just like what men think women want it's not what women actually want so again in an app primarily based on attractiveness and physical appearances men are going to fall short because that's not what they've been taught their main value is in society whereas women are so there's just going to be more of us more 
prospects. I really don't like dating apps for that reason because number one, I can't... (laughs) I can't really get that initial vibe, gut feeling from just messaging someone. A lot of them are ugly. It's like they don't know how to take their pic. Even just the sheer fact of they don't know how to take a good photo, you know? And then, you know, depending on where you go, like in LA, in New York, there's like more male models. There's more influencers. There's more little fashion bros. There's more musicians. They know how to take a good photo, but then it's like, I don't really know if those are the guys I want to talk to. So just like the average man who has a normal job, like, bro, if you just like knew how to take a good pick, there was this series, I think it was on TikTok, but where this woman would coach people on how to set up their dating profiles. And this guy was like, probably in his fifties or something. His profile before she went in and gave it a little makeover, he looked like an absolute creep. Like, there's no way in hell any woman would swipe right on this man. Like, he looked creepy. <laughs> like, just so... It, his pictures were bad. He looked super just, like... And I don't want to say old and, like, that's a bad thing, but just, like, like creepy. Like, he looked like a creepy old uncle that, like, you would not want to be alone in a room with. <laughs> but so she went in. She... Literally, they took all his new pics. She gave him a new wardrobe. She did his hair. And I think she had like a team with her. I wish I could remember exactly what this was. But then they reshot the photos and they just gave him nice photos. You know, like your first pic should be a headshot just so people can see right away like what that face is looking like. And then his other photos, I think, reflected his interests. And they were just a lot more, just a lot more put together. And this man looked like a 10 out of 10. This is the kind of picture someone would post on Twitter and it would get thousands of retweets. Like, if my sugar daddy could look like this, I would definitely have one. Like, it was like he was popping. So it's like, if y'all just knew how to market, like, man, if y'all just knew how to market yourselves a little better, I'm sure you would have a lot more luck in getting matches. And I know a lot of guys don't have that issue, but a lot of y'all do. So (laughs) they're listening to this. But you know, it's like, if y'all could just so everything really just leads back to patriarchy as we already know but um yeah let me know do you use dating apps and do you find that 80 percent of men on there are ugly because i definitely do and i feel like it's literally just that alone so i thought that was super interesting and just really shows like that gender imbalance and like the difference i guess in values when it comes to gender like just societal values so i would love to hear your thoughts but um i will link the articles that i read down below but also i just feel like a lot of men on dating apps and this is kind of a different subject but i just feel like a lot of men on dating apps are not very respectful and like they just are super sexual right away or creepy like oh come over or like oh i'm going on a trip this weekend do you want to come so i really liked what she brought up in her podcast and that tiktok like women have to worry we have to worry about our safety And men are a lot less discerning when it comes to that because it's just not something they often have to worry about. So yeah, if I see a picture of this creepy, this old man that looks creepy, I'm thinking like he looks like a creep. Like, am I going to die if I go meet up with this guy? (laughs) Or like a guy that's super sexual right away, asking me to come to his house, asking me to go on a trip in the first message. I'm thinking I'm going to get sex trafficked. And like men are just so, they just don't have to worry about that. They don't have that constant threat of like their safety being violated, their life being at risk. So like that you're just inviting a random person over to your house, bro. Like I could be a catfish. Like you don't have to think about that. Like it's just, so I think that's also a really good point. And just red flags like calling you 
pet names too soon, trying to like establish this level of intimacy that has not been reached naturally yet. Oh, hi, love. How are you? Hi, baby. Hi, boo. Hey, babe. It's like, I don't know you. So I will link those articles down below. But as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So now to the title of this podcast, is hookup culture empowering specifically for women? Let's talk about it. So I found this article on Quartz titled, A lot of women don't enjoy hookup culture. So why do we force ourselves to participate? This is by Leah Fessler. And the article starts out with her talking about her college days, hookup culture vibe of like, you know, everyone's kind of afraid to like be vulnerable or commit to each other or bring up a relationship. So you kind of play relationship or she keeps referring to them as pseudo relationships. Yet per unspoken social code, neither party is permitted emotional involvement, commitment, or vulnerability. To call themselves exclusive would be clingy or even crazy. She talks about how she entered this environment and kind of got used to it and thought of it as empowering because it's like, oh, like I'm in touch with my sexuality. I can do what I want. I can be the pursuer. And in this paragraph, she says, you know, if I was the one to first send a text or to ask the guy to come over, when a guy reciprocated my interest, my insecurities were at least temporarily dissolved. So then she talks about this guy she started to see, how she just always felt uncomfortable speaking up for like herself. Like if he didn't ask to grab breakfast, I would just leave. If he fell asleep, I'd pretend to doze off as well. With time, inevitably came attachment. And with attachment came shame, anxiety, and emptiness. The obsessing over the text, oh my God, does he like me? Why is he not responding? If this was sexual liberation, it was hard to understand how it was helping women, but I was pretty sure my friends and I weren't closeted conservatives who wanted to go back to an era of sock hops and going steady. The truth is that for many women, there's nothing liberating about emotionless, non-committal sex. The young women I spoke with were taking part in hookup culture because they thought that was what the guys wanted or because they hoped a casual encounter would be a stepping stone to commitment. In doing this, we actually deny ourselves agency and bolster male, male dominance all while convincing ourselves we're acting like progressive feminists. But engaging in hookup culture while wholeheartedly craving love and stability was perhaps the least feminist action I and hundreds of my peers could take. Men's experiences with hookup culture are equally complex. It's worth noting that the vast majority of males I interviewed and surveyed also ideally preferred committed relationships, but they felt strong social pressure to have casual sex. Culturally, men have been socially primed to believe they ought to drive hookup culture and that a crucial part of the college experience is sleeping with many women and then discussing these escapades with their male friends. So despite what men might want, pervasive hookup culture prompts them to predicate their public identity as heterosexual men on the number and physical attractiveness of the women they've slept with. As you can see, it all leads back to patriarchy. Like, there's this idea of what it means to be a man and what masculinity is supposed to look like and I feel like it just doesn't work for a lot of men because we're all people, bro. And people have emotions and we have needs. We have emotional needs. And when you're constantly told your whole life, like, this is what makes you masculine. <laughs> and you're like denying this other part of yourself that craves emotional vulnerability, connection. You're just not like being a whole person. While college students are having a lot of sex, I believe most of us, men and women, basically know nothing about it. Like not contraception or STDs, but female pleasure and women's sexual relationships with ourselves. Then she talks about how she'd never had an orgasm until senior year of college when she finally had a steady boyfriend. She says, in retrospect, it's obvious that I was highly unlikely to have an orgasm with a guy who didn't know me or care to. So this is the thing. We're not getting our emotional needs met. We're not getting our 
physical needs met. <laughs> so what do we gain? Like she said earlier, I think a lot of it has to do with, oh, hopefully if I hook up with this guy, that will be the stepping stone to the relationship that I actually want. And then also this idea that it's empowering or that, oh, we're actually in touch with our sexuality or thinking of it as very black and white, like it's either this hookup culture or, you know, I'm just a prude, uh, a 1950s sock hop. And I think when we want that relationship and that emotional intimacy and we want something more than just a hookup, we'll do kind of anything to get it. And I think I was talking about that last week a little bit. Like, we'll cut off part of our own needs, part of ourselves in order to hopefully get this thing that we so desperately want, which ultimately is not going to work. And I think just in general, like hookup culture cannot really exist or be this empowering thing for women in a patriarchal society where so many guys are misogynist. They want to sleep with as many women as possible because that is what will make them a man. That will solidify their masculinity and their place in society. She says even the guy she was hooking up with in college later told her, I didn't even see you as a human. I didn't even see you as a person. Even if a guy does act like he's caring about your orgasm. It's more so a definition of like his sexual performance and like, oh, well, I made her do this rather than like actually caring about your experience and your pleasure just for the sake of you being another participant. And just that idea of sex is so often something that men see they're doing to women rather than with women. So it's just really rare in hookup culture to find someone who is gonna treat you like a person who's going to care about your experience just because they care and who's not gonna be emotionally cut off because I feel like if someone was like that, they wouldn't be like resisting towards a relationship. So Avi, do whatever you want, but I know Hot Girl Summer is approaching. And let me just say like, if you have been just really frustrated with hookup culture and like doing this and it's like what am I even gaining like ew I just feel gross you can and I know like it's been defined like hot girl somewhere it's not about like hooking up with people whatever but I know a lot of women are choosing to be celibate because what do we really gain from a hookup like what do we gain like maybe you feel differently but like I just know a lot of women like it's like, what? literally, what are we gaining? Bro, it's like the vibrators, the toys are gonna do a way better job than a random man. So like, why would I be used when I could just like take care of my own needs and like not have to go through this like fucking horrible experience emotionally? <laughs> it can be so much more fun to just like go out, to flirt, just to like make out with someone and like, that's it. And it's like, okay, bye, I gotta go. And I don't say, you know, oh, maybe think about celibacy in the sense of like, oh, you are a whore if you participate in sex. <laughs> But more so like just asking yourself what you truly need. Because if you're hooking up with people, not really getting anything out of it, not even getting the physical experience that you would like, that's not really doing yourself any good. And I just know for so many women, like we do get attached and it just like creates this horrible situation where it's like, ew. And just the realization that someone like doesn't not care about you whatsoever. Like, <laughs> So just say no. So just like taking a break. <laughs> choosing celibacy as a way to like reconnect with yourself and find out what do I really like? What do I like in a partner? Do I need to heal my attachment style? Like things like that. It's so much easier to do when you're not like trying to deal with your FWB. 
And like also those emotions are like, oh, hooked up with this guy. Like now I have to deal with that. Um, and again, everyone's different. You may have never experienced this. It's not even whatever. But like I know for a lot of us, I do. Like I'd be reading y'all's answers, your your submissions when I say what's the tea. And a lot of y'all are going through it. So I'm just letting you know. Also, you know what's like a horrible like realization. Like, do you ever realize? Have you ever had the realization that like everything's about sex in the sense of like sometimes it's just like fun to make out with someone and i mean maybe some guys think of it that way too but it's like no like they're making out with you because they're hoping that's gonna lead to sex it's like y'all just can't like make out for fun or like just guys skipping foreplay (laughs) so taking a break from hookups, taking a break from dating even, just taking a break from being around men sometimes is the best answer because sometimes it's just like, ew. And I mean, maybe you don't feel that right now. Maybe you're listening to this and you're in a great relationship. I'm so happy for you. Leave your tips and tricks down below. Um, But yeah, you know, it's almost going to be summertime and I know it's like a time to be, oh my God, so fun. But like, let's keep it fun and fresh. And like, I'm not going to be fucking annoying. It's not a hot girl summer. It's a healing girl summer. But like, just putting your own needs first, period. Use my Adam and Eve code, Stella. What is it? Stella Ray? Stella 50? For 50% off an item. <laughs> Trust me, babe. It'll get the job done way better than any random hookup could, okay? Not spawns. <laughs> Just letting you know. So is hookup culture empowering for women? No. Not... I don't think that can exist in a patriarchal society. Unless you... There's like this miracle of a man who just happens to like see you as a person while hooking up with you and not committing to you and also sleeping with other women like that doesn't make sense. I don't think it can really exist, truly. Let me know what you think though. Let me know if you have any articles to reference. Um, But also do you just find that, let me know, the more that you learn, and I've probably said things like this before, the more you learn, the more you heal yourself, and realize, like, I don't know, like, oh, my attachment style, or, like, attachment styles exist, and that's why this, 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 or, like, oh, it's just, like, the less entertaining dealing with shit is, (laughs) or, like, I don't know, like, entertaining a dude, or, like, when I go out, I find, especially over the past year or so, it's just, like, less fun, because I just get, like, annoyed, (laughs) Or, like, grossed out. Like, I'm just like, ew, I don't want to deal with you. It's rough out here. Um, So let me know your thoughts. But again, I will link that article down below. It's really good. And I feel like just very validating for a lot of shared experiences that we have as women, um, especially in our age demographic. So check it out. The last thing I wanted to talk about is Gemini season. On Saturday, Gemini season starts. And I'm so excited because I love air sign seasons. I just feel like they're so fun and fresh and just always that breath of fresh air that we need. Um, also, it'll be just a great little treat before cancer season. <laughs> I love cancer. Cancer season? Ugh, I don't know. Gemini season is so fun. So, you know, Gemini is an air sign, a sign of communication, self-expression, being social. So the energy over the the next couple weeks will just be very light, fun, fresh, that intro to summer vibe. With that being said, Mercury is also retrograde until June 2nd, and then it's kind of in a shadow period for a couple weeks after that. So beware because 
you know, we're still kind of, we're still in the retrograde. It's still going to be a little like, uh, things might feel off. Things might not go as smoothly as we want. You might have TBTs come up. Read your emails and your texts before you send them. Don't start anything new. It's a great time for planning and reflecting. It doesn't have to be this scary thing where everything in your life goes wrong. It's just a great time for reflection, renewal, etc. But then I read on um, foreverconscious.com that the Gemini new moon on May 30th will close the eclipse portal we've been working with since the end of April because you know there was the solar eclipse and then the lunar eclipse. So after the Gemini new moon energies should start to settle and we will begin feeling a little more stability and then especially with mercury going direct just a couple days after that things will finally have like that pure breath of fresh air life is looking up we just have to get through another two weeks of mercury retrograde right and things will start to feel good again so if you've been going through it babe don't worry you're not alone But let me know your thoughts on Geminis. I think Geminis are super fun, but I just always, you know, it is the sign of the twins and they just, they will flip on you. They will have that random secret life or just a whole nother side to them. And every time I meet a new Gemini, I just, I'm willing to give them a fresh shot and it just happens every single time. So they're super fun, but I, they're not for me. (laughs) They're for me in like a fun way. Like a Leo Gemini is like a crazy combo, but it's just like... Also, y'all know me. I'm so, like, earth water vibes that, like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if any air sign, I would I would definitely, I don't know. Geminis are super fun. Like, super fun. They're down. I love how they're, they can just be interested in so many different things. They're very curious um, in just, like, that fun way. And they're smart. They're super funny. Um... Yeah, like, I, it's not like I'm going to hate on Geminis, but it's just like, bro, when they switch over to that other twin, it's, like, scary. Um, so let me know your thoughts on Geminis down below. If you are a Gemini, how does it feel to be a Gemini? Do you feel your best during Gemini season? But yeah, Gemini season is just so fun. So expect to feel social, communicative. Maybe I want to try some new things. So that's everything I'm going to talk about today. I will link all the articles and TikToks I've re- I referenced down below, but I hope you guys have a great weekend. And don't forget to share this on your story. Tag me so I can repost. I love seeing who listens. Love you guys so much. And I will talk to you guys next week.